Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Most people have the day off, but we are here to put in work. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Speak for yourself. I'm mailing this one in. No, come on. Memorial yeah. Day. They're going to remember you for something. Mailing it in. I should have worn shorts today. I don't know what, what it doing? is in Chicago. This is the about first 90 PTI. Here. No, it's, it's 60 and rain. It's the first PTI Memorial Day we've ever done, right? It's the first one I've ever done, yeah. Me too. I, we used to always get this day off. I'm not going to stage a walk. As down. it is, they've banished us. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the NBA Finals are set. The Stanley Cup finally begins, and Mike D'Antoni may be feeling the heat. But we begin today with the surprise team in the NBA Finals, the Toronto Raptors. They won four straight over the favored Milwaukee Bucks, and they will play Golden State. The Raptors were led all series by Kawhi Leonard, who many assume to be a one-and-done in Toronto. After Game 6, that win that won the series, the president of the Raptors, Masai Ujiri, said to the assembled crowd, quote, he's the best player in the league, and we're happy he's in Toronto, unquote. Wilbon, does making the finals change Kawhi's future in Toronto? It's part of it, Tony. It's part of an evolving situation. And being in Toronto a lot over the past couple of weeks and talking to Masai Ujiri and others around and in Toronto, man, I mean, I get the feeling that Toronto's got a real chance. The Raptors have a real chance. Tony, when you stand there and you hear an entire country serenade you, and they serenaded, and it was sincere and it was authentic, and, and, and Kawhi mentioned Ujiri by name. And there's something at play here. There's a romance, a legitimate one. I'm not saying I know where he's going because I don't. Nobody knows where he's going. But, Tony, it's impossible to be in Toronto on a game night and watch him play and the reaction between him and them and not think, really, you want to leave this for the uncertainty of even the Clippers who are on the uptick? I I can see the other thing happening. I can. So I understand why you, Jerry, would say this. He wants to keep him. Of course Toronto made the biggest trade in the NBA last year at the end, at the end of it when they took DeMar DeRozan because DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry had been bad in the playoffs. Toronto was getting swept year after year and they said to DeRozan, we're trading you. We're going to pick up Kawhi Leonard. Even though Kawhi Leonard is going to be a free agent, we may only have him for one year. The result is they have gone further than they have ever gone before. So if you ask me the question, does it change his status? What I would say to you is when LeBron went back to Cleveland and won, the people in Cleveland said it's okay to go now. Toronto's never been this far. I think the people in Toronto would look at Kawhi Leonard and say, if you want to go home to California, we understand and thank you for helping us get over the hump that we could never get over before. That's the second speech. <laughs> That's the concession speech. Well, Politicians nor athletes look for the concession first. They look right. to win first, Tony. Right. He's not LeBron and Toronto ain't Cleveland. And again, spending some time there the past couple of weeks while this is unfolding. I don't know, but I feel that this must be in Kawhi Leonard's head and heart. You cannot be there on any game night and not sense the love affair, a very touching one. Don't know what it's going to mean. But by the way, Masai Ujiri better be executive of the year because he took a gamble on Kawhi Leonard. He had yeah, no did. promise. And Leonard appreciates that because yeah, he's told people yeah, that. Yeah, so, Tony, I, I don't, don't know where it's going, man, but it's fascinating. All right, Tony, I'm going to try to elicit a pick out of you that's different from everybody else's. 
The Las Vegas oddsmakers want no part of the Toronto Raptors in the finals, just like they wanted no part of the Raptors against Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference finals. The Warriors have been off for nine days, which suggests rust, at least in game one. Kevin Durant will not be walking through that door, not immediately anyway. And the Raptors, led by the wondrous Kawhi Leonard, are easily the feel-good underdog story of these playoffs. So let's get to it, big fella. You're going to man up, and you're going to pick the only team in basketball with a home country advantage, aren't you? Number one, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and number two, I thought you didn't believe in that Vegas junk. Look, I don't. I'm going to pick Golden State. I'm going to say that Golden State is going to take one of the first two games in Toronto and get home field back. I, I thought that they would have more problems with Milwaukee because Durant, I don't think Durant's playing again. In the, in right. the I don't. You and I are sort of on that. And together. I think that Antetokounmpo could not be guarded without Durant, whereas I think Kawhi Leonard, who's been great in the playoffs, he's averaged 31 a game throughout the whole of the playoffs. I think Draymond Green or Clay Thompson, I think they can get with him a little bit more easily. So I will take Golden State. And in terms of feel-good stories, I think the way Golden State went through Houston and the way they went through Portland without Durant, to me, that's a, you're not an underdog, an overdog feel-good story. Well, it's certainly a feel-good story as well. Tony, Golden State would have swept Milwaukee. Because by now you should have seen that if Toronto can build a wall and just say to, to Antetokounmpo, that's nice, you're a nice guy. Come back with a jump shot, and we'll talk about this again sometime later. But... Uh, Toronto Tony has more diversity in that lineup. And if uh, there's a night where Kawhi Leonard doesn't have a good game and he's only had one of those nights, they played without him 22 times, 15 times for what we now call whatever that thing, load management, whatever it is. They've played without him. They understand how to do it. They play differently when he's not there, but he's going to be there. And Tony, let me tell you this. He's a great player. Even if Kevin Durant was there, Kevin Durant is not better than Kawhi Leonard. Neither one is better. They're both two of the four Maybe three best players in the NBA. And if Kawhi Leonard's out there, they got a chance. Now, I think Golden Are State, too, will him? win. I'm going to say Golden State in six. Right. Okay. But I'm not going to be like you them. and wake up every morning at 10 o'clock to You're watch the highlights them. and say, oh, my God, I'm shocked. I'm shocked Toronto's in this. I can't believe it. They may That's be your it. deal, not they mine. They may be in it. They may be in it. Okay. The other team is better, and the other yep. team is going for history. They're they going for three in a row and four out of five, and they're going they for are. dynasty. And don't discount that. Don't I'm discount that motivation. I just told you, Golden State, I think, The Houston six. Chronicle is reporting that almost every one of Mike D'Antoni's assistants on the Houston Rockets, including defensive specialist Jeff Bizdelic, have been released and will not be back. Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta said earlier this month that he intends to keep D'Antoni who has one year remaining on his contract. D'Antoni publicly expressed the desire to extend that contract two more years. Well, Bon, if you were D'Antoni and you just saw your assistants canned, how would you feel about your status in Houston? Well, it depends if they were canned or you said, we got to make some big changes here. And I understand starting with my own staff, we don't know what order this was done. We don't know if D'Antoni signed off on this or not. Not yet from the reporting we have today. So to me, this doesn't happen unless Mike D'Antoni has some say. I mean, that doesn't, the Houston Rockets don't strike me as that kind of organization. They are not dysfunctional. They haven't been able to win a championship lately, but they seem to know what they're doing. So you're so saying D'Antoni has a hand in the releasing of these if, assistants? If not a hand, then a nod. I mean, I don't think you're Mike D'Antoni. You got some club. You said, I want this job. I want to do that. I want to keep trying right, this. Right. We got a roster. I got a GM who knows how to acquire people and shake things up. You don't, you don't just 
just walk in the office one day. This is not the Lakers saying, oh, by the way, you got to bring in Mo Larry and Curly. This is not that. So, Tony, I, I think that Mike D'Antoni has expressed publicly and privately he wants his job. I take him at his word. I, if I'm Mike D'Antoni, I stay. I, if I've got James Harden and Chris Paul, if I just won 53 games and the only team I lose to is Golden State, which is on the verge of being an incredible dynasty, I yeah. stay. If you don't want me, fire me and give me the money. But I want to stay there because I've got a good team. And if you don't, if you're Houston and if you're Maury or you're the owner, if somebody doesn't want D'Antoni, you tell me who's going to be better. Mike D'Antoni, here's a number you might like. His last three seasons in Houston, he's 173 and 73. You think Kurt Rambis would like to be plus 100? You think Byron <laughs> Scott or Tim Floyd would like to be plus 100? So if I'm D'Antoni, I stay. Let me ask you this real quickly. In the, in the assessment of that team and how they get along, would you consider trading Chris Paul to LeBron and the Lakers because you know LeBron and Chris Paul love each other, admire, respect each other on, off the court, are very, 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 very close friends? I might do that. Would you make that deal? I might, but that, you know, but I won 53 games and I want that team again. Yeah, I agree with that. Nobody we've discussed in today's show had the impact on a sport for a half century the way Bart Starr did. He passed away yesterday at the age of 85, and it saddens a lot of us of a certain age that the greatest Packer quarterback ever is largely forgotten. So put away your culture of now and remember this. Starr won five NFL championships, including the first two Super Bowls. Tony, you grew up watching the best of Bart Starr. What are the thoughts that come to mind? Well, I mean, Bart Starr is one of the all-time greats. I don't know if you will agree with this. I think he was the greatest of all the run-first quarterbacks because he had Jim Taylor and he had Paul Horning and he didn't have to throw the ball over the place. I would differentiate him from Johnny Unitas, who I think was the first of the pass-first quarterbacks, and, and they were contemporaries. He, uh, Tom Brady now has the amount or maybe one more championship than Bart Starr. People have to understand this. That's that the NFL didn't start with the Super Bowl. There was a rich history of the NFL before the Super Bowl. And Bart Starr is a pivotal person in the rich history of the NFL. Tony, he is. And when you talk about quarterbacks, look, I, I, I grew up on the wrong end of a rivalry featuring Bart Starr. And I shouldn't say wrong. And the Bears in that era have more championships than even the Green Bay Packers. But they, those two teams dominated things. And Bart Starr, you used to, used to watch him. And it wasn't, it, to me, there's a difference between quarterback, and you name some of the great quarterbacks, and passer. Right. Guys are now passers. That's they don't right. even they don't call their own plays. Vince Lombardi trusted Bart Starr to call his own plays. There was no getting in the quarterback's head until 20 seconds left. This is Bart Starr, dude. He was so great, and he was on a cast of great players. I've been in Green Bay and sat in the press box and been able to listen to Fuzzy Thurston and Jerry Kramer and the golden boy Paul Horning. And just talk about Bart Starr and their time he was playing with him. He was an unquestioned leader. Unquestioned leader and great Let's go player. over a little history for the kids out there. Before there was Joe Namath, who was an, an Alabama All-American, there was Bart Starr. Before Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers won championships in Green Bay. Bart Starr. Bart Starr. Here's who Bart Starr played for. Bear Bryant and Vince Lombardi. Okay? So, like, he's been there, done that. Right? Yeah. Yes. And so when people want to start Packer history, you know, with like Don Mikowski and move to no. Favre and Aaron Rodgers, 
Favre and Rodgers are great. They're, they're great, great, Star. great, 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 all-time greats. Bart Starr. But in that state, Tony, you've been to Green Bay enough. You know Bart the Starr. reverence in which Bart Starr is held. And justifiably. Let's take Absolutely. a break. But coming up, the Stanley Cup final begins tonight. Will Bruins goalie Tuka Rask still be hot after 11 days off? And later, is Dustin Pedroia actually possibly done with baseball? That would be a shame because it he was be. a great, great player. player. Great player. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance. The Stanley Cup final starts tonight, and we're thrilled to welcome back to the program our friend Barry Melrose. And Barry, let me start with this. Tuka Rask has been sensational in the net for the Bruins. He has been the hot goalie. But the goalies stay hot forever. The layoff is unbelievable. It is 11 days. Can we expect the goalie to still be hot after that long a layoff? This is going to affect the Bruins. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to come out and they're going to be as good as they were the last game against Carolina. But they got to get through the first period, get their legs. Uh, Tuka Ras has to feel some shots. Uh, St. Louis has to come out and jump on them in this 11-day uh, layoff. That will create some rust. That will create a team that's not quite ready to play. So if St. Louis comes out, jumps on them, maybe get an early lead, uh, take that into the second period, the, Blue, or the uh, Boston Bruins will be trying to come out get their legs, and make this first period nothing, nothing, one, nothing, maybe St. Louis, something like that. But it will affect them. 11 days off is unheard of this time of the year in the NHL. We're used to two days off and playing every second day. So this is going to be a very big test for the Boston Bruins to be ready in the first period. St. Louis has to take advantage of the rust that Boston Bruins have come out and take the lead early. Well, that means the Blues are going to be depending on somebody early named Jordan Bennington. He was the fourth guy on the depth chart at, goal, at goaltender Barry, how does he make it this far? What are the combination of circumstances? Well, it's a great story. He was a guy that uh, wasn't a blue-chip prospect. He played in the East Coast League, uh, the lowest rung of the NHL uh, developmental teams. Then he went to the American League. Uh, they wanted to send him back to the East Coast League. He said, no, I don't want to go. So they found him a place to play in Providence, which is a Bruins farm team. And then when Craig Bruby came in, they tried goaltender after goaltender after goaltender. None of them worked. So they brought in this Bennington kid uh, from Providence. And the guy has been unbelievable since he came into the NHL, since he came in and played for the St. Louis Blues. He's given them great goaltending every week, every game, and he's taken the number one job, and he hasn't given it back. Other guys have tried. They put other guys back in, but Bennington wins wherever he goes, and he came in into the playoffs. People were wondering, well, he won't be able to do this in the playoffs. Playoff hockey's too tough. The, the, the checking's too good. The shooters are too good. He's been just as good in the playoffs as he was during the regular season. So without a doubt, the MVP of the, of the uh, St. Louis Blues is Bennington. No one else. We've got other good stories. Schwartz is a good story, but Bennington is the reason that this team is in the, in the playoffs playing for the Stanley Cup final. No doubt about it. The kid has been fantastic. Barry, another big part of the Boston Brewers is Brad Marchand. I mean, some nights he is just a stud, but then there are times where he's a face-licking irritant. I, I cannot decide whether to just like him and wonder at what he does or just hate him. What is the deal with him? Uh, that... Uh, he, He's like that. He's an agitator. He's a guy that makes people mad. 
Uh, I'm sure he makes his own team mad. I'm sure he makes his own management mad. We know that they've talked to him on numerous occasions about his antics on the ice. Uh, But he's maturing. Uh, This year has been a lot better than the previous years. So I think the Boston Bruins are getting to him. The bottom line, though, is he's one of the best left wingers in the world. This guy is a goal-scoring machine. He kills penalties. Him him and Bergeron are the top two penalty killers. Not many teams' top two offensive players are also their top two penalty killers. The Boston Bruins have that luxury. Marchant is an unbelievable hockey player. So if you're a Boston Bruin fan, love him. And if you're not a Boston Bruin fan, hate him. He doesn't really care. And the Boston Bruins don't care. But the bottom line is he's one of the best players in the world. And the Boston Bruins love having him on their team. I will get you out of here in this. We see ice behind you. We know that the game finally, after seems like months, is going to start. Barry, which way are you leaning right now? I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in the Boston Bruins. I think they're a little bit better than the uh, St. Louis Blues. I think it's going to be a great series. They're mirror image of each other. They believe in the same things. They talk about the same things. The coaches talk about the same things. They want good defense. They want good goaltending. They want discipline. They don't want teams to take bad penalties. They want to take the other team's passing routes away through the middle of the rink. They're just, they stress the exact same things. This is the future of the NHL. All the teams with small forwards and slick forwards uh, are gone. The big bullies now are playing. The guys that are 6-3, 6-4, those are the guys that are scoring the goals. Those are the guys that are checking. So these two teams believe in the same things. They talk about the same things, play the exact same style, and it's going to be which team does that style better. I like the goaltending of the Boston Bruins a little bit better than I like the goaltending of St. Louis Blues. I like the defense of St. Louis a little bit better than the Boston Bruins, and I like the forwards of the Boston Bruins and the special teams better than the St. Louis Blues. So with all that being said, I like the Boston Bruins in six games. Thank you so much for being with us, Barry, and thank you for going to those earphones so you could actually hear us. Thank you. How do I I look with them on, guys? Very, very (laughs) good. Fabulous. Stylish, Barry. (laughs) Let's take one last break, but still to come, Wilbon breaks down today's $200 million match between Aston Villa and Darby County. Oh, were they playing each other at the French Open? If not, Kornheiser details the innovative strategy Simon... Pagino utilized to win the Indy 500. Pagino. Pagino. I think the accent on the other French. syllable. I think you're wrong. He's not Latin. It's not Pagino. It's Pagino. I got him being Latin. No. Happy time, people. Happy 65th birthday, Jackie Slater. Slater made the Pro Bowl at offensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams seven times and was first-team All-NFL three times. Those credentials got Slater into the Hall of Fame. Beyond the numbers, though, are the interesting facts that Slater was a college teammate of Walter Payton at Jackson State and that Slater's son, Matthew, is a seven-time Pro Bowl selection and four-time All-NFL selection at special teams for the New England Patriots. Man, that's a, I mean, special teammate, special genes. Slater just surrounded by greatness and helping produce greatness throughout two careers, Tony, college and the NFL. Happy anniversary to Robert Ory Schott. Around this day, 17 years ago yesterday, after both Kobe and Shaq missed potential game-tying shots in Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals against the Kings, the ball got tapped out to Ory, who hit a three for the win. This was in part how Ory earned the nickname Big Shot Bob. Oh, there were plenty of those, Tony. I covered that series which ended in great controversy later. And in time, Tony, it has come to be one of the great series of all time in the NBA. A melancholy trails to Bill Buckner. The well-known first baseman died today at age 69 from a condition called Lewy body dementia. 
Buckner played 22 years in the majors, mostly with the Dodgers, Cubs, and Red Sox. He was the National League batting champion in 1980 and retired with 2,715 hits. But everything else he did in his career was overshadowed by the ground ball he let through his legs in Game 6 of the 1986 World Series against the Mets. Had Buckner caught that ball, the Red Sox would have ended a 68-year championship drought. The Red Sox lost Game 7, and Buckner went into baseball lore as one of the tragic figures, along with Fred Merkel and Ralph Branca. Buckner faced this head-on and stoically. Forgotten in all of this is that he was a really good player. Tony, you know, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't argue a word about how it ended up with Boston. But here in Chicago, he won a batting championship in 1980. I think he hit 324. Buckner's not seen that way at all. Buckner walks around here, people are cheering. His number was even different. He didn't win number six with the Cubs and Dodgers. He wore 22, I think, in both places. And a different figure completely historically from one place to the other, showing you that with baseball still, all things are pretty much local. We're running out of show. We go to the big finish. Aston Villa beat Darby County to win promotion to the Premier League today. Are you happy for them? We know the Bucks owner, Wes Edens, part owner of Aston Villa, says it could be a $200 million game, Tony. That's enormous. Simon Pagano won the Indy 500. You, did you watch? Are you impressed? I watched a lot of it. I did. Listen, he's the only the second Frenchman to ever win. The first one was Gaston Chevrolet in 1920. That Chevrolet. Yes. Ben Watson faces a four-game suspension for PEDs. How should the Patriots feel about that? Well, not betrayed. He told people, more than one club, but certainly the Patriots, hey, here's what happened and why. I wasn't even planning to come back. So... He told me he's going to be out four games. I guess he will be. The Red Sox put Dustin Pedroia on the 60-day injured list. Your thoughts? I hope he comes back. I don't want him taken out by Manny Machado this way. He's a spark plug and an MVP. Last one, 100 days until the Packers and Bears pick up the NFL season. You're excited, aren't you? Now? No. In four days, the Cardinals and the Cubs hook up in St. Louis. I'm excited about baseball, baby. Out of time. Trying to do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Back on the Mothership tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the Apple Podcast.